Day and welcome to another episode of Live Till 5. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin. It is Friday, March 24th, 3.06 p.m. on this beautiful Friday afternoon. Blue skies, smiling at me, gentle breeze outside, about six miles per hour from the north by northeast. Looks like a beautiful afternoon. Maybe you're listening in your car on your way home from Picking the kids up from school, half a day to you. Thanks for tuning in on 88.1 FM on the radio dial. Maybe you're sitting at your desk, tuning in through your computer. KHMG.org has a number of ways you can tune in on your computer. Maybe you're listening to the podcast sometime in the future, possibly hundreds of years in the future. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this archived broadcast, however you do that in the future. Glad you're with us today. We are KHMG Harvest Family Radio, broadcasting from the worldwide headquarters of Harvest Family Radio, perched high atop the campus of Harvest Ministries. And now we can officially say, celebrating over 21 years of broadcasting here on the lovely island of Guam, seven days a week, 24 hours a day, beautiful Christian music, Bible-based programming, preaching, teaching, even our news broadcast has a Christian worldview kind of underlying the the narrative. And we are glad that you're with us today. We have people listening all around the island and every once in a while all around the world. So half a day to each of you. If you ever miss part of the broadcast, you can tune in on Saturdays from noon to 2, or Sunday nights from 7 to 9 p.m. So catch us on The Rebound this weekend, Saturdays, noon to 2, Sunday nights, 7 to 9 p.m., as we rebroadcast all two hours of this show in its entirety. This show is intended to entertain you a little bit, inform you and educate you a little bit, and hopefully edify you in your Christian walk, help you to grow as a Christian. It's it's intended to be a little bit lightweight. It just kind of naturally lends itself that way. I try and keep it super serious, but guys like Chris and Sebastian and Lawrence, they always take us down another path. So I try and keep bringing it back. For those of you who've listened more than one time, you know that I'm exaggerating and being hyperbolic or whatever that word is. Glad you're with us today, though. We are going to enjoy a great show today. Have a guest coming in during the second hour. Local church planter, former Marine. I guess there's no such thing as an ex-Marine from what I've heard. And we'll talk to him, my good friend Dennis, who also listens to this show, often texting me during the show, telling me he's listening. So, you know, if you're ever interested in coming by and seeing the radio station, they're open during regular business hours, Monday through Friday, here on the third floor of the Harvest Christian Academy building, directly above the coffee shop, uh, Hebrews Worldwide Coffee Shop and Bookstore, also known as The Hub, because it's Hebrews it's also the uniform store, and it's also the bookstore. So the hub is on the window there, and we'd love to have you 
come by and see what we do here on a daily basis. Chris and Sebastian up here all the time. I'm up here on Friday afternoons. I used to work up here full time. I filled in for one year as station manager. And then we found a real station manager, and he is in charge now. So, great. Looks like our 4 o'clock guest is on his way. He's texting and driving right now, which sounds very dangerous, Dennis. So keep both hands on the wheel, and we'll see you here safely in a few minutes. And uh, today we're going to have a lot of fun because we have all our normal segments. I guess normal is a relative term, but our regular segments like Stranger Than Fiction, find stories that are just interesting that I read throughout the week, and I kind of compile them because truth often is stranger than fiction. We have This Day in History, normally with Lawrence Nangas, but he is on a field trip, so Sebastian's going to be filling in for him, as he did last week. He did a yeoman's job of that. What's in my coffee, which our drinks have been delivered early, and uh, so we are going to be sharing our thoughts about these drinks provided by the hub to you our listening audience hopefully enticing you to stop by the coffee shop and get one of those drinks yourself and then we have um, some idioms to talk about the buck stops here some famous quotes and of course the march days it is the month of march again it's the 24th of march when we're recording this the month of march has some special observances including Rosacea Awareness Month, Save Your Vision Month, Sing With Your Child Month, Spiritual Wellness Month, Supply Management Month. I used to be in supply management in the Air Force. Uh, Let's see here. Vascular Anomalies Awareness Month, Workplace Eye Healthy, Healthy and Safety Awareness Month, and Youth Art Month. All those things are happening. This week... Starting today, actually this weekend, is American Crossword Puzzle Weekend, the 24th through the 26th. That sounds exciting if you're into crossword puzzles. Let's see if there's anything else happening this week. We're coming up on the end of National Animal Poison Prevention Week, ends tomorrow. Uh, Let's see here if there's anything else. We're coming up on the end of National Button Week. We're starting National Cleaning Week. That sounds good. Spring cleaning, you know, you end on April 1st. And there's a number of other things happening this last week of March. But let's look at uh, these days. Today, being the 24th, there are some special observances on the 24th. They're not really holidays. There's not necessarily any holiness to these days. But they are observances, including today, the 24th. You have, uh, let's see here, chocolate-covered raisin day is today. World Tuberculosis Day. Not nearly as much fun as chocolate-covered raisin day. Uh, Be Mad Day is coming up uh, this tomorrow. Earth Hour tomorrow at 8.30 p.m. It's a worldwide event. Let's see here. Greek Independence Day tomorrow. Uh, Day of Solidarity. Detain and missing staff members tomorrow. Uh, International Waffle Day. Maryland Day. Cerebral Palsy Day. And Lobster Newberg Day are all tomorrow. Sunday, Legal Assistance Day. It's the only day they get off during the week. Mothering Sunday, National Nougat Day. I do like nougat. Like in a Milky Way candy bar, for example. When I was little, they'd give us those little bite-sized Milky Way candy bars. And then what we'd do is uh, we'd squish them and roll them into like a ball. And then you had like a Milky Way ball of chocolatey nougat goodness. Let's see, Monday, 
celebrate Exchange Day, Mule Day, Mule, M-U-L-E, Mule Day, uh, Quirky Country Music Song Title Day. Um, I like uh, one of my favorites was uh, If You've Got the Dinero, I've Got the Camaro. I've heard that one, actually. It's a real song. Tuesday, American Diabetes Association Alert Day. Barnum and Bailey Day. We talked about the circus a couple weeks ago. Black Forest Cake Day. And you know what? That happens to be the official cake of KHMG 88.1 FM. So if anyone would like to bring some Black Forest cake, I just made it that. We've never actually had an official cake before, but as of this week on the 28th, uh, we would like to officially announce that that is going to be our new cake. Uh, stand by one second. Chris, do you like uh, Black Forest cake? I'm in. Okay, there you go. Sebastian, you like uh, Black Forest cake? Yeah. Chocolate with cherries? Yeah. You're good? Okay. Well, it's unanimous. We just voted. The board just decided to name... Black Forest Cake, the actual cake of KHMG. It's official, and we expect to have a sponsorship with uh, Duncan Hines here very soon. But in the meantime, if you'd like to bring a Black Forest Cake on March 28th, maybe, you know, mid-morning, we can have it kind of a late breakfast treat. Uh, let's see. Respect your cat day. You don't need to bring a cat in for that day, though. And then on the 29th, Knights of Columbus Founders Day, Manatee Appreciation Day, National Lemon Chiffon Cake Day, which happens to be our second favorite cake up here, Lemon Chiffon. So, you know, you can bring in two cakes next week. Uh, let's see here. Vietnam Veterans Day. Welcome home, Vietnam Veterans Day is the 29th. A little more serious note. And then the 30th, National Doctor's Day. National uh, ta- Take a Walk in the Park Day and Turkey Neck Soup Day. Those are all happening this week. So a lot happening. Very interesting. Hey, you know, uh, you might be listening on 88.1 FM, or maybe you're listening on the web. You can also let us know you're listening through our website, khmg.org. You can contact us or go to our Facebook page, Harvest Family Radio Guam. Just look that up, Harvest Family Radio Guam, and hit the little like button, and you'll be subscribed to our Facebook page. You'll get updates and things like that. Follow us so that you know when we're releasing new podcasts and things like that. It'll be really helpful to us to know that you're out there listening. We don't have any technology that tells us how many people are tuning in over the airwaves. We can tell how many people tune in over the computer, but uh, over the Internet, but to know how many people are tuning in over the airwaves, we have to rely on people telling us uh, through email or coming up and talking to us face-to-face or calling in. So we'd love to hear from you. Harvest Family Radio, Guam's Facebook page. Uh, It'd be great to know that you are listening. Now, we produce a lot of programs here at Harvest Family Radio, and one of those is Harvest Highlights. And I'm going to take a short break, and when I come back, it'll be after Harvest Highlights and a short break. So stick around. More live till 5 after this Harvest Highlights and short break.
And we're back with a little more Live Till 5. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin. This is episode 209. We've been doing this for a while now. I think when we ep- did episode 2, we didn't think we'd make it to 209. I don't know if we thought we'd make it to episode 9, let alone 209. So that's about 400 hours of programming. If you start listening to all the podcasts back-to-back, you'd have it done in about a month. Not to mention the preparation we do before every show. Minutes every week. Preparation. Maybe even hours. So glad you're with us today. We're going to have a little fun today. And, uh, of course, we have some of our regularly scheduled segments, which is a lot of fun. But I do want to always remind you that you can go to khmg.org, khmg.org, and you can listen, download, or view our archives. A lot of different listening options, including podcasts via SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, or RSS. We also try to upload the latest episode of Live Till 5 on our Facebook page. So if you are following us on Facebook, you get a little update Don't block us, by the way, on Facebook. Just follow us. That would be great. Leave a little nice comment. Maybe send us a private message, personal message of, you know, things that that you would like to hear us talk about on the show. We'd love that. Let us know where you're listening from. That's always fun for us as well. And uh, uh, just let us know that, that you're out there. We do appreciate that. We know we have people listening every Friday afternoon as they drive through Carline. But we also have people that are running errands on Saturdays from noon to 2 or heading home from church on Sunday nights, 7 to 9 p.m. This this week's church service Sunday evening is our watch care gathering, so we'll have a number of people that will be kind of coming from different people's homes while they're listening to this. So catch us on the rebound, noon to 2 Saturdays, 7 to 9 p.m. Sunday nights, or go to khmg.org and download the podcast from Archive or listen live even through our website. But uh, you can download those podcasts, listen at your leisure. Now, of course, one of my favorite segments. Is called The Buck Stops Here. Words of wisdom from the desks and walls of many a successful American. Including but not limited to theologians and scholars and presidents and politicians. Barons of industry. I got the idea from this book by the same name, The Buck Stops Here, from Horace Martin Woodhouse. Had this book for a while. And it's got all these cool little quotes. These are quotes specifically found on the little desk plaques. Like um, Pastor Don Eckert here on Guam has a little desk plaque. It says S-W-G-S-B-G. That's his little desk plaque. And desk plaques I found are there to remind you of either who you are or what you believe in. And Don Eckert's SWG, SBG. You should ask Pastor Don Eckert what that means. It's a constant reminder for himself. It's part of his testimony. Maybe I'll share it a little later. But the buck stops here. Today, this plaque on this person's desk said, If not us, who? If not now, when? NFL coach George Allen was considered one of the hardest working coaches in football. He is credited by some with the popularizing the coaching trend of 16-hour or longer workdays. He sometimes slept at Redskins Park Complex that he designed. 
Allen was known for his tendency to prefer veteran players to rookies and younger players. During his early years with the Washington team, he was known. they were known as the over-the-hill gang due to the number of players on the team with lots of past NFL experience. The phrase, the future is now, is often associated with Allen. Coach Allen would later be appointed uh, by President Ronald Reagan to the President's Council of Physical Fitness and Sports. George Allen and the plaque on his desk said, If not us, who? If not now, when? On the Buck Stops Here. Always fun to uh, hear what drives people, what people think. I'll go ahead and tell you what Pastor Don Eckert's plaque, SWG, SBG, stands for. Pastor Don Eckert, if you've ever met him, he's a man with a big heart. He does have a, a female valve in there. And that's that's his story. He had to have a valve replacement. He said it's probably from a lady because ever since he got it, he's a lot more sensitive. He used to be a tough guy. Now he's just a big softy. But SWG, SBG on Don Ecker's desk says, means short white guy saved by grace. And that's a constant reminder of his own testimony. He loves uh, sharing that with people. And so people can go by there and actually see his plaque. And I know he listens to this show. So I'm not saying anything to you millions of listeners out there that I wouldn't say to Don to his face because he's probably listening to this right now. Now, every week also, we had a book provided to us by one of our faithful listeners, PC. She happens to be a veteran elementary teacher. And she heard us talking about idioms. We used to play a game where we would try and guess the idiom. And uh, after Nick Brown moved away, I wanted to keep the idiom theme going because we have a number of people that listen to the show that might not have grown up speaking English in their homes, but they might use different figures of speech in English that they have no idea what they mean. So with that in mind, the Dictionary of Idioms by Marvin Turban has a, a history and a meaning of all these idioms that we use so often, but often we also don't know where they come from. So, here you go. One track mind, always thinking about only one subject. Most railroads have at least two tracks, so trains can go different directions without crashing into one another. However, on a single track railroad line, train traffic can move only in one direction at a time. One track mind. Open a can of worms to cause trouble. A can of worms might be, a fi- might be fine to open if you're by the banks of a river on a summer day getting ready to fish, but you wouldn't want to open it anywhere else. The situation might cause a lot of trouble. In this expression, worms are difficult or delicate issues. Related idiom would be, let sleeping dogs lie. Other side of the coin. The metaphor has been around since the beginning of the 20th century and is widely used. Every coin has two sides, but you can only see one side at a time. Like a coin, every issue has more than one side of it. You have to know the quote-unquote other side of the coin to get the full story. It means the opposite side or point of view. Out in left field, baseball became a popular sport in the United States in the 20th century, and the, the expression is based on that field position in baseball, left field. A long way from home plate, one of the farthest outfield positions to which fewer balls are hit. If home plate is called home because it's a safe place where a player starts out from and hopes to come back to, then left field means something far from what's considered normal. It's really weird. That's what out in left field means. It means really weird, unusual, crazy, totally wrong. 
out in the boondocks. Now, I remember hearing this phrase. I don't know if I've ever really said that much, but you know, we do use a phrase here that I believe is a derivation of this phrase. Uh, Tagalogs are native Filipinos who live in or near Manila, the capital city of the Philippines. The Tagalog language, boondock, means mountain. The United States military forces stationed in the area of the Philippines in the first half of the 20th century extended the meaning of the word from mountain to any place that is far from the heavily populated center. Today, the saying is sometimes shortened into in the boonies. There you go. Now you know where it came from. See, most of us say boonie all the time. Boonie dog, boonie water, boonie car. But you've never known where the term in the boonies or from the boonies or just that word boonies come from. It's from boondocks, which is a Tagalog word for mountain. It means a remote place, a rural region, sparsely populated area. Out like a light. In America in the 20th century, when the wonders of electricity spread across the land, people could turn on and shut off lights with just the flick of a switch. By the middle of the century, out like light was a way of saying a person had fallen asleep very quickly or been knocked out or drugged unconscious. Out of here. The catchy modern African-American saying just means what it says. Goodbye. I'm going. I'm leaving. I'm out of here. Out of sight. Out of mind. Homer, an ancient Greek poet, used this proverb in his famous epic, The Odyssey, in about 850 B.C. A similar saying was popular in English as early as the 1200s. The image is clear. What is missing from your view will soon be missing from your thoughts. An expression, absence makes the heart grow fonder, states the opposite idea. Out of sight, out of mind. If you don't see something for a long time, you'll eventually stop thinking about it. Out of the clear blue sky, suddenly, without warning. In the late 19th century, expression related to another saying, a bolt from the blue. A bolt of lightning or a sudden shower from a clear blue sky would be unexpected. So out of the blue would be a shortened version of this. Out of the frying pan and into the fire means from a bad situation to a worse one. The proverb, popular in many languages, was used in English in the early 1500s. A piece of food being fried in a pan is hot enough, but falling out of the frying pan and into the fire is even worse. Three more. Out of the mouth mouths of babes the full version of this saying is something like out of the mouths of babes come smart ideas but you don't have to say the whole thing for people to get the idea similar expressions originated in the bible children can unexpectedly say very intelligent things out of the mouths of babes two more out of the woods for centuries at least back in the ancient roman times people thought of the woods as a dark mysterious possibly dangerous place if you were stuck in the woods you could be in trouble But if you got out of the woods, you were safe. This expression can be used to mean being past any kind of critical phase in a risky situation or getting free of danger or trouble. And finally, you think of what the phrase might be. I'll read you the definition. What phrase means this American saying dating back to the 1800s when hunting animals in the woods was a more common activity than it is today? It is probably referred to a hunted animal that climbed out, uh, climbed up a tree and got itself stranded out on a branch where it could easily be shot. Later, the idiom grew to describe any person who takes a risk that might lead to trouble. The idiom is out on a limb, means taking a chance in a dangerous position from which it's hard to withdraw or change. And those are some of our idioms. So much fun. I talk about idioms. Hopefully that helps you a little bit. 
Now, I come across funny stories all the time and uh, interesting articles. And sometimes things just, you know, they just grab your attention. Sometimes I think that they, um, they kind of, even the way they're written is funny. And sometimes it's just an interesting topic. I call them stranger than fiction. And this week, Lindsay Nagengas made me turn in my grades. And so I've had grades on the brain this week. And so this is for Lindsay Nagengas, specifically for Lindsay Nagengas. Um, I'm saying her name on the radio because she made me turn in my grades. And so for Lindsay Nagengas, why is there no E grade? I mean, think about it. You have A, B, C. I've heard that people get those grades. Then you have a D and F. So the modern letter grade system began at Mount Holyoke College in Massachusetts in 1897. The system was picked up by other schools and within about 20 years had become the norm across America. During this same period, immigration and mandatory attendance laws were resulting in more crowded schools and a higher student-to-teacher ratio. The letter system caught on with teachers because its simplicity made their jobs simpler as they became responsible for grading more students. At this time, it became more of a standard to report grades to parents, so a scale was easy for parents to understand. Uh, a scale that was easy for parents to understand was desirable. Well. Here you go. Mount Holyoke defined the original scale as E was excellent. That was an A, 95 to 100. A B was good, 85 to 94. C was fair, 76 to 84. D passed, 75%. E failed. E was quickly replaced with F because F for failed was more intuitive than E for excellent. So because A was excellent, they didn't want to have an E for failed because it was not intuitive because kids could go home and tell their parents, oh, mom, that's not E for failed. That's an E for excellent. So that's where the A, B, C, D, and F came from. And that was brought to you by Lindsay Nagengast, who does a good job of collecting the grades from every single teacher at Harvest Christian Academy and making sure they're entered properly so all the students can go home and show those report cards to their parents and then take them to the local fast food restaurant to get a free ice cream cone. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to play a little What's in My Coffee and talk to Sebastian about this day in history. So stick around. More Live Till 5 after this. Back with a little more live till 5, 3.42 p.m. <clears throat> 3.42 p.m. My voice kind of cracked there a little bit. Probably from my delicious drink from the hub. Or they sabotaged me and infused it with helium. 3.42 p.m. on Friday, March 24th. I'm Jared Baldwin, your host. 
enjoying our free drinks from the hub and also enjoying the company of my three wingmen, which most planes only have two wings, but one of you will be the canard, okay? So we have two wings and a canard, which is... Uh, Sebastian could be the canard. You can be the canard. There you go. <laughs> I'll be the canard. All right, there you go. It's uh, I believe that's the little wing in the front on experimental aircraft, so there you go. <laughs> As opposed to the rudder, which gives direction, which would be Chris, of course. And then we have Dennis Kirkland is here. Dennis, of course, is the uh, pastor of Reveille Bible Church and uh, former Marine, right? Is that the right way to say it? Yes, former Marine is more accurate than ex-Marine. Yeah, there is no (laughs) ex-Marine from what I've heard. I mean, that's what all the former Marines tell me. That's it. Okay. All right. Well... We uh, are going to play a little game. And Dennis, have you ever done What's in My Coffee? You've been on the air with me before, but never What's in My Coffee, I've right? I've never played What's in My Coffee before, but I've had lots of coffee from Hub. It's a great yes. place to visit and hey, fellowship. Maybe, maybe they'll sponsor us. But they give us these free drinks every week so that we can do some shameless self-promoting of the coffee shop, which is great. I mean, that's one of the things that keeps us going all the way to episode 208 is uh, the free drinks that we get. Is it 208? 209 even. So now Dennis is also a listener as he can on uh, for live till five. So he's texting me uh, frequently about the show. So when I invite Dennis Jared, up. I was texting you using Siri. I oh, okay. Yes. I, I kind of called him out. Uh, I knew he would not do anything unsafe because he's a safe guy. He's He knows what he's doing and he would never text and drive. That would be bad. So he was Siri. He was doing Syrian driving, which is hands-free device. That's what you're supposed to do. That's why it's there. So anyway, guys, we all have a drink in front of us. We need to explain to our listeners just how good these drinks are because if people are listening to the live Friday broadcast, they actually have 14 minutes left before the coffee shop closes. This segment is brought to us by Hebrews Worldwide Coffee Shop and Bookstore, the best little coffee shop on Guam, offering an endless variety of coffees, teas, baked goods, Christian music, books, and gifts. And a few Yankee candles. Right. I like it a lot. I go there every day. And let's play What's in My Coffee. And since Chris is a professional wordsmith, this is what he does for a living. He describes things. He comes up with new ways, innovative ways, serendipitous ways to describe virtually everything. He is a cornucopia of verbology. So, Chris, um, you're drinking a cold drink there. Uh we all said it looked like clamato, um, yeah. The tomato clam juice. It does. It's got it's got kind of that light red color to it that it could be it could it could look to you like tomato juice or clam juice or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not. It's that. also the color of my gums when I'm healthy. Uh, okay. Yeah. I think that's <laughs> that's going to sell a lot of drinks right there. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's also the color of my blood when it's healthy. Oh, boy. <laughs> no. Okay. Well, the drink. Didn't mean I, to throw you off your A game there, but every well, once in a while I just try. I'll, I'll just stick with tomato juice. That's okay. probably better. It looks, looks a little bit like that, yes. It's better. Um, but it doesn't taste like it. It doesn't taste like that. I'm pretty sure that this is a a strawberry smoothie. Okay. But there is there is there's something else in there. Hmm. Um I think. So maybe two fruits. There there could be there could be an additional fruit mm-hmm. which also gives it the modification of red 
coloring. Got it. Got it. So that's why so it's not the I cannot unnaturally I- red, you know. Right. Like- I cannot identify the other taste. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's possible there isn't. Maybe I'm just imagining this. You wish. It's it's kind of a wish that there might be right. a second in there. But, yeah, it's, it's And they rarely great. do something straightforward. Usually they do throw us off with something. So Yeah. yeah. Okay. So well, it's it sounds definitely good. Strawberry. Looks good. And uh, people might not know that we offer real fruit smoothies in the hub. And it's open for 12 more minutes. Now, Sebastian, your drink can be described in one word. Gone. Gone. So what, what was that? Well... And are you dehydrated? I mean, you just drank 16 <laughs> I may ounces. I've been a bit dehydrated. Okay. <laughs> but, okay, so only these words came to mind. It was cold, mm-hmm. creamy. Yes. Saporous. Saporous, okay. Liquid pumpkin pie. Oh. But last time I guessed pumpkin pie, it was coconut. So maybe my okay. taste buds are wrong. Oh. So I'm going with a creamy coconut beverage. Okay, so a creamy coconut it definitely has some espresso just from the color and cream, but it's iced. It's not blended. So uh, iced. Yep. Yeah. And it's, it is gone. Now, Dennis, this is your first time, and I know we set the standard very high with some of our descriptions up to this point, <laughs> but uh, you have a hot drink. Give us a few uh, descriptive terms so that our listeners can try and guess what you're drinking. I chose the hot drink from the choice. You, you graciously gave me the first choice, and it didn't have an odd color because it's in the cup, but... Uh, I would say when I first took a drink of it, it tasted like a French vanilla, like mm. a vanilla latte. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, it's at just the right temperature, too. Which you and I both high, like the sugar-free like vanilla that. lattes, yes. But then after a few moments of uh, letting it sort of sit, I tasted a little bit of what I think is cinnamon. Mm. And uh, I was going to say pumpkin, Sebastian, before you ah. said that. So this <laughs> may be sort of like a... What would be a harvest drink yes. in the fall, mm-hmm. even though mm-hmm. it's March? But uh, I'm going to go with uh, vanilla, cinnamon, and a little pumpkin. To okay, it. So, okay. Uh, you guys might have the same type drink, just maybe ice version versus a hot version. So ah, we'll see. Yeah. They Dennis, do that. They do that. Those are those are very good descriptive terms. Thank you. So uh, great. Uh, your rookie <laughs> attempt was very good. That well, was at least a triple. You made it at third base, maybe all the way to home. Slid in at the last second. We'll see. We'll okay. See. <laughs> Now, Lawrence Nangas, who's not here today, whose drink you're drinking, he uh, is normally right on. And I think it's because he pretty much goes to the coffee shop three times a day. But he knows every drink. He can look at a cup that has a lid on it that is not opaque, and he can say, oh, yeah, that's a, that's a creamy chai dirty latte or whatever. So anyway, mine is a blended with whipped cream. It, although you would think the color would be the color of a... Faded black corduroy. It um, it's it's chocolatey. It's tasty, very blended. Mm. And I had to write it down because I had this taste in my mouth. I'm like, what does that taste like? You know what it tastes like. And some of you will appreciate this, and some of you will never order this drink. It tastes like uh, the milk that's left over after the cocoa puffs. Yeah. Yes. When you when you eat Cocoa Puff cereal, and it intentionally changes the milk to a chocolatey milk, right? They do that on purpose. That's the best part. That is exactly what this tastes like. I mean, exactly. So the big reveal for our listeners at home, if you've never heard us do this before, we do this every week to try and entice you to get into the coffee shop, as long as we don't use terms like corduroy or gums that uh, (laughs) describe. So you have the hot mocha caramel, 
So the hint wow. of extra, the aftertaste was caramel or caramel, depending on where you're from. Mm-hmm. Strawberry banana smoothie. Banana. There banana, you go. banana. Which is a bland flavor. That's why they usually put it with a like you can't just have a banana smoothie. It wouldn't taste good. And it changed the color of it. Bit, does. I think. It does. Yeah. That's that's where the previously it. described color uh, came from. Vanilla chai. What? So that's the uh <laughs> that's you know, that that has kind of that fall flavor. Chai is kind of a you know, we usually think of it as a hot drink. I it's guess. a spicy. The chai is usually a little, you I know, got so. the spice flavor to it. I know it. what I tasted, though. And this here, yeah, maybe they spilled something in it. That'd be great. <laughs> um, and this one is, it's it, the reason it's weird color is it's intentional. This is a purple Oreo, which I don't know if that's the Romo or not, but it's a taro Oreo drink. So it's got yeah. purple taro powder in it, and then it has Oreo powder, and it's a blended... Shake basically, it's a purple Oreo shake, so very good, very tasty. Well, guys, we have about seven minutes left. And Sebastian, it is Friday, March 24th. What happened this day in history? Oh man, this day in history 1795, the parliament passes the quartering act. And this is just one of those weird things that, like, I actually remember from like grade school or sorry, middle school, probably is when I learned it. But parliament in which, which country? Uh, United States. United States Parliament, I think. Sebastian, quarter. Um, which which States. elementary school did you Sorry, go to? This is, co- <laughs> this is colonial time. I don't know if it was Britain or U.S. You stuff. were in Our elementary school, the most the recent. Word. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's probably British Parliament, but I didn't know the government the yeah. back then. I'm sorry. Did, didn't you know, Sebastian? We have a House of Lords here in the United States. Yes. And a House of Commons. Have you heard of that? Yeah. I... No, no, no. <laughs> Don't no. mess with and, the wee lad. Anyway, <laughs> it's a the quartering act, isn't that where they yeah, could that... against your will house British soldiers yes. in American right. houses? Yes. Right. And that's why that's yes. one of our um that's part of our bill of rights is that you cannot you cannot right. force us to quarter soldiers without so, uh compensation. Right. So that was before we were the United States. Yes. Wait a minute. Did you say 1795? 1765. 65. Oh, 65. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. There you go. <laughs> Quite an issue in that day. Yeah. Yes. And there was a popular image of redcoats tossing colonists from their bedchambers in order to move in themselves. Of yes. Even though they never actually really did that, they prefer that they had given, like, yep. yeah, you can do this, rather than them just saying, you have to do this. Even during World War II, uh, Great Britain would quarter troops in houses during World War II in their own country without against people's will without pay. Well, it's interesting you say that because World War I um, is in 1918. The German forces crossed the Somme River. Oh, yeah. And uh, the, they were able to exploit a break in the British and French front line that was ultimately you know, protecting Paris. And the spot they crossed was only lightly enforced as the French were originally holding onto it until a few weeks prior then the British took over, but the final fortifications were not finished. So exploiting the enemy's uh, lines allowed for the Germans to make a lot of ground. Um, as they eventually reached Amiens and Arras, I, I think is the name, um, which if they had taken could have pushed towards Paris. But um, unfortunately the, for the Germans, the supply lines grew thin and troops were exhausted. And by March 30th, they were halted at Morelli, Morel Wood. I, I don't know mm-hmm. how to say that name, but <laughs> I think that's the Western. I think that was called the Western Front at that time. Yes, yes. Well, I don't know. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Continue. Hey, we're Jumping. all getting an education yeah, today, including are. you. That's good. And here's something might might be up Chris's alley. Uh, 1989 Exxon Valdez runs aground today. Uh, one of the worst oil spills in U.S. Uh, territory begins when the supertanker Exxon Valdez, owned and operated by the Exxon Corporation, runs aground on a reef in Prince William Sound in southern Alaska. Have you been to that area, Chris? Valdez? Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I've been close to there, but not mm-hmm. in the city of Valdez, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, an estimated 11 million gallons of oil eventually spilled into the water. Um, so it crashed because it, it was later revealed that Joseph Hazelwood, the captain of the Valdez, was drinking at the time of the accident and allowed an uncertified officer to steer the massive vessel. And I would hate to be that officer. Wow. <laughs> Um, and they agree. Exxon agreed to pay a hundred million and provide uh, one billion over dollars mm-hmm. <laughs> over a ten-year period for the cost of cleanup due to pressure from environmental groups. But ultimately, it was settled by Alaska to only have to pay twenty-five million dollars. Hmm. So, and then finally, I have in twenty fifteen, uh, German Wings pilot intentionally crashes plane, killing one hundred fifty. Um, it was on this day that. A co-pilot of a German airliner deliberately uh, flew a plane into the French Alps, uh, killing himself and the other 149 people on board. Uh, when it crashed, German Wings Flight 9525 had been traveling from Barcelona, Spain, to Dusseldorf, Germany. Wow. And the reason was that he, the co-pilot, he wanted to commit suicide, and he decided to use this as an avenue to, avenue to do so. Wow. So it's terrible. That's tragedy. Yeah. Mm. And so that happened. This same history on March 24th. Um, the Valdez. I knew when you when you said Valdez, I remembered it from, that was my junior year of high school. So I do remember it being a big story at that time. And then, of course, the ecological disaster afterwards. I wonder how that compares to the, um, plat, the oil platform that um, BP, BP, British yeah. Petroleum. 2010. Yeah. 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 So both ecological disasters. Hey, Sebastian, thanks a lot. Thanks for filling in for Lawrence last week and this week. We got about uh, two minutes left. Sebastian, what are you doing this weekend? Um, well, I don't know. So that's the that's the adventure in it. I don't know. Are you going to do some it. cooking? Can do it. You told me you finally bought some sandwich ingredients. Are you going to branch out? I've been making sandwiches all the time now, and I don't know. Like with two pieces of bread. Two pieces of bread. Okay. All right, and you're getting there. I don't know. I might upgrade to like wheat bread or something soon. Oh yeah, so that's good. Good choice. <laughs> good choice. And then and then Sunday, church. That's right. You'll um, be there. I I will definitely be there. Right, we have it on air now, recorded that you will be at church on Sunday. Well, that's you know, good to I hear. helped produce a video. That oh, that's right. We're showing the muffin the muffin challenge. Right? Yes, yes, we are. So we need to get people to come and see Sebastian's video, <laughs> and they can also watch online through through uh, Harvest. Harvest HBCGuam.net. That's it. That's Correct. That. It's around the tip of my tongue. Chris, what are you doing this weekend? We've got about one minute left here. Well, we have Watch Care Group Sunday oh, right. evening, so yep. it's probably doing some preparing for that. But um, And then I'm going to be talking about KHMG on Sunday a little bit, so probably oh, yeah, the anniversary preparing a little bit for that. Observed, yeah. Yeah, so just some ministry stuff this weekend, I think. and So that should be great. That should be good. I like having everybody over for... Watch care group on uh, oh, yeah. on Sunday. I'm sure night, your kids so. like that too. So they do. They always like it because they're um, uh, the twins come over. The oh, paddock yeah. twins yep. come over, so yep. they they always enjoy 
having them. So awesome. yeah, it's great. Awesome. And I'm going to talk to Dennis in the second hour about what he's doing this weekend up at Reveille Bible Church. So I'm going to hold you over to the second hour. Listeners, this is the first hour of Live Till 5. We had a great time. Sebastian, thanks a lot for your help today, brother. Chris, we'll be talking to you in the second hour as well. A little yep. bit of news and also the KHMG anniversary. Dennis is going to be with us in the second hour as well. And I'm going to sign off for this hour, but make sure you stay tuned because we have a whole second hour of Live Till 5 coming up uh, after the SRN News and uh, this short break. It's about four minutes long. You're listening to KHMG, Harvest Family Radio on 88.1 FM, Barragata, Guam. Stick around for SRN News. back with a little more live till 5 it's 404 p.m on friday afternoon march 24th if you're listening live if you're listening to the rebroadcast on saturday it's probably about 104 and if you're listening sunday night it's probably about 804 p.m so we rebroadcast the show in its entirety all two hours of it on the radio 88.1 fm from noon to two on saturday 7 to 9 p.m on sunday night so catch us on the rebound if you want to listen to the show or you can go to khmg.org and download the archived broadcast aka the podcast of this show at any time and uh we put the link up also on our facebook harvest family radio so if you follow us on facebook you can see it there you can send it on to friends give us a thumbs up on it we really appreciate it now i held dennis kirkland past pastor dennis kirkland over for this second part of the hour because Dennis, you um, you do listen to a lot of radio. I mean, when you when you have time, you're listening to radio. I do. I listen to a lot of radio, and over the years, radio has been a tremendous ministry to me. A very uh, an encouraging tool, an educational tool, and and I am very glad to talk about radio and its impact, especially on your 21st anniversary. Yeah, Seems thank like you. A, 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 just a wonderful. It's a wonderful ministry, wonderful tool, and gets in where places into places where. A person might not be able to go. Yeah, didn't you tell me you when you were a missionary in the Caribbean? It was in Puerto Rico. Yeah, yes. We went to my wife and I uh, left for Puerto Rico in 1988, and uh, we were on the eastern tip of Puerto Rico. There was a big navy base there, and we felt the Lord's call in our life to be missionaries to the military community, mm-hmm. and that's related to Guam in the past. I'll tell you about it in a little bit, but. In any case, we went there in 1988, and on the eastern tip of Guam, we were seven miles across the little lagoon or little uh, inlet from uh, the island of Vieques. And on the island of Vieques, there was a low-power AM radio station, AM 850, and it was WIVV, the West Indies Voice of Victory is what they called it. But when we got there, I rejoiced to find out that early in the mornings, they broadcast several of my favorite Bible teachers. And uh, you may remember, Jared, but in those days, you had to listen at the time the broadcast was right. made. There was no uh, asynchronous listening. But from 5.30 to 6 o'clock a.m., Monday through Friday, they played 
a, a radio program. It's called Grace to You. Yes. Still available. John MacArthur. John MacArthur. Very good. And uh, then from 6 to 6.30, they played Insight for Living, mm. which was Chuck Swindoll, yep. a Bible teacher, another radio Bible teacher. And then from 6.30 to 7, for a while it was uh, Charles Stanley in mm-hmm. touch, and yeah. for a while then it was J. Vernon McGee. Oh, yeah. With uh, Through the Bible. Through the Bible. Bible bus. But that that hour and a half of focused listening to Bible teaching on the radio, you know, via the airways, was a tremendous asset for me. I was in my mid-20s, right out of Bible college, uh, in the pastorate, pastoring a church that had existed for a long time. I felt prepared for ministry from my Bible college training, but that was was crucial. I have, uh, over the years, encouraged all young believers to find a a quality Bible teaching radio program and then just make it your part of your daily regimen is to listen into this. And of course, now you can do it at any time. But in those days, that was a tremendous encouragement to me as a young pastor, uh, preaching and teaching full time for the first time. And uh, and I, I should say, I inherited a church and it was a blessing, but it was uh, adult Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and we had a WANA. It was a, um, uh, it was a large responsibility. And Christian Radio... I believe, helped me shoulder that responsibility. And uh, I'm a morning person. We live right across the road, right across the lawn from uh, the church. And so I would get up early in the morning, get a cup of coffee, go over there, and for an hour and a half, uh, listen intently with... uh, I took notes in those days, and I still have some of those notes, and they're a blessing. And uh, I just... Christian radio has been... was instrumental. I believe listening to that for the first... I did that religiously five or six years. We were there for 10 years total. But in that first five or six years, that those Christian radio broadcasts that I listened to purposefully with the intention was to learn, um, it was used of God in my life. I honestly believe it helped me shoulder the burden that I was carrying as far as preaching and teaching. And listening to the masters is... Um, a good thing to do. I mean, absolutely. Musicians do that. Try to play pieces of music that, the way the masters play it. Well, these master communicators who communicate well and the expository teaching of one and the the real life applications of the other and the encouragement from a, the third man was just uh, it was tremendous for me. And I recommend Christian radio. Uh, to this day, to new believers, just last week I mentioned to a, a, a young disciple, you know, here's something you can do to grow. You know, if you want to do something to grow spiritually, you know, obviously pick a good Bible teacher and uh, tune in to uh, Harvest Family Radio, and then uh, you you play some very high quality Bible teachers on the air here, and I believe it's a tremendous asset to Guam. So it's a it's a joy to share that little bit with you, even on. I mean, it's a joy to share that, but particularly on your 21st anniversary, this is a, a great ministry, and I would encourage local churches and individuals to get behind it and support yeah. it. Well, thank you very much. That I can't imagine a, a bigger um, endorsement and compliment. I know when my parents first became Christians, uh, Christian radio just became part of our everyday life. The, we had a stereo in the living room that used to play all kinds of music that wasn't glorifying to God, and then now it was tuned into our local Christian radio station um, all the time. I remember coming home from school, 
every day all the way into my upper teenage years and listening because we'd start listening in the car on the way home from school to the different broadcasts, including the Listening Post and Stories of Great Christians and all these different really good Christian biography-type shows and dramatized Christian stories. And uh, a lot of them were put out by Moody Radio Network, which Chris used to work for. And uh, I remember those just being so impacting and, and hearing the biographies of some men that I w- and women that I would have never heard of. And uh, that was so helpful. Book, but right, you exactly. To the story. And Unshackled is one. Unshackled. That we we love that. Version. Yeah, yeah. The longest running radio show in North America, I believe, uh, secular or Christian. And um, one of my kids even uh, got saved as a result of listening to an episode of Unshackled. And then last year, my parents were featured on Unshackled. My parents testimony. I need to give you a CD of that, by the way. I would be glad. Um, But they were featured in a two-part series, and and I'm mentioned in there because it talks about how my mom chose not to have an abortion as a 16-year-old that found out she was expecting a child, and uh, so I'm actually part of an unshackled story myself. So, but yeah, I think Christian radio is is a blessing. I do remember, I went through this one small period of time uh, when I was getting out of the Air Force, getting ready to go to Bible college. And um, I was always listening to Christian radio. But I, I remember uh, being in Claycomo, Missouri, and remember driving down the road thinking, what if something I'm listening to is not right? Like, you know, because you don't want to just believe everything you hear. Absolutely. And if you have no relationship, no context, you're like, so what this person is saying sounds good, but it might not be be good. And I remember getting struck with this little bit of fear, like, what if I'm listening to something that isn't trustworthy? And I think the Lord helped me kind of work through that and makes you a more discerning listener. But I remember very distinctly driving on the road. I remember where I was at. And and uh, it was just such a, a weird thing because, you know, you're just used to listening to every teacher and believing everything. But, you know, being dis- a discerning listener and the blessing is, you know, to my knowledge, the Christian radio stations I've listened to, you know, they're pretty much all uh, broadcasting people that would be Bible-based, you know, honest, mm-hmm. no false teachers, things like that. So, but uh, here at Harvest Family Radio, that's something we strive to do, is to have programs that are trustworthy, so that people never have to wonder, well, where's that guy coming from, or where, you know, we don't have to put a lot of disclaimers out there for things that yes. we're broadcasting. We just want someone to be able to turn it on, and we want them to hear truth, um, unadulterated truth. We want them to hear music that's going to edify them, that's pleasant to listen to. Um, you know, me, I might like bagpipe music, but no one wants to listen to that all day long. So we try and have music where you never have to turn the channel. I got gotcha. you. You don't have a corny song. You don't have songs that are just too... You know, the the flavor of the music is just something that is just not pleasant. So we want to have something that's just edifying. So it can be kind of the background, you know, broadcast of your life. It can just kind of be on in the background. And so in my office, even, I have a little radio, and I try and listen. And, um, you know, one of my new favorite programs, we've had it for about a year and a half, two years, is Ron Hutchcraft. He has just this little short program, and it's just so good, a little... It's it's always a little the story. Comic strip of the radio. Uh, no, this is uh, he does like a little devotional story with a biblical thought. A word with you, a word with, you with Ron Hutchcraft. He's okay. been around a long time, yes. and um, 
So when I saw that he had a program, we started listening to it. We're like, you know, this would really be a very good fit for us. But he's kind of at the grandfather stage of life now, and he tells like a little, you know, little story, but he always uses a biblical a passage and a, and a thought. And it's just a very short program, but very edifying. And um, the Lord has a way of using those little broadcasts to really build you up at just the right time. I agree. I agree. Even my family and I moved to Guam in September of 2010, and it was a joy to find Harvest Family Radio. We tune across all the dials, and uh, over the years, we've enjoyed the music that you played, and uh, there have been numerous times, including just very recently. I was uh, listening to the radio early in one morning, and um, it was a, a song that the text of the song, of course, was biblically based, was truth, and as you you are, you guys are very uh, adept at doing that, and I think that's a great thing. But it was an encouragement to my heart. And uh, so it's not just the Bible teaching programs. The teacher in me wants everybody to listen to Bible teaching programs. But the music, the way you do it, is a blessing. And by the way, today is my daughter's birthday. Hey, okay. So Abigail is 23 years old today. And Abigail's here on Guam. She's here on Guam. And she told me that that, um, I did a great job preaching at your church and that she noticed that I dressed just like you that day, so it must be a good preacher. So my <laughs> island shirt that day reminded her of your island shirts, and so she paid me that, I think, compliment. I think that's a compliment. Okay, too, great, so. great. And, and I, I'll take it as a compliment. There too. you go. Hey, yeah. you know, we're just two good-looking, humble men. the style. So <laughs> oh, great. With faces for radio. Right? Oh, exactly. boy. Oh, boy. Well, tell us a little bit about, we have two or three minutes here. Tell us a little bit about Reveille Bible Church. How's it going? And maybe put in a plug for people that might be listening out there looking for a church close to Anderson Air Force Base. Tell us a little bit about how you got it started and what your burden is there. Well, Reveille Bible Church is a new church plant on Guam. And uh, we chose the name Reveille because of the trumpet call in the morning that wakes us up. We say we're listening for the Lord's trumpet. But in any case, it is a a church that's located in Jigo, uh, right behind the Jigo Bank of Guam in the Jigo Town Center. But it was born out of meetings in our home. We had have had home Bible studies for years, and it's a, um, a a growth out of that. And it's a more formalized growth in the sense that as a, a disciple of the Lord. Uh, a local church is, a, I think, a key ingredient to spiritual growth, and there are plenty of churches on Guam, and uh, we just felt like the, the Bible study uh, basically was outgrowing our home, Jared, to be honest. And so we, we rented a space and uh, took the name, and we've incorporated, and so it's a, a church plant that's focused on the military community, but obviously everyone is invited, but that's our focus, and it is a reflection of something the Lord has used in my life, I believe, many, many years ago when I first came to Guam in 1982. I was a part of uh, founding a small congregation that existed until just recently. And it was a, a small group where the everybody knew each other. We were uh, a group of disciples. We were kind of like a small group. We mm-hmm. were a, a core group, a cell group. And so our church is uh, located in Jigo, focused on the military community, and uh, we, we say it's a place to grow God's Word to know. Our mm-hmm. emphasis is on expository preaching of the Word and uh, preaching through books of the Bible and basically just trying to make disciples of the, the military men and women and their families. Mm-hmm. In fact, in April, we'll begin Sunday school, a Sunday school hour, a Bible fellowship kind of ministry, and uh, we're looking forward to that because we've, we're, we're growing, but 
we're gaining some steam, but we are a, a new church plan, and I invite anybody that's interested to come to come check us out. Yeah, amen. Well, w- tell us, when are the services, and how can they get a hold of you? We meet in the morning at 10 a.m., Sunday mornings, and then in the evenings at 6 p.m., and then our Sunday school hour is going to be uh, early morning, 9 a.m. on Sunday morning. And uh, to get in touch with me, you can. The, the best way would be to email me. My uh, email is my name, dennis.kirkland at abc.edu. It's abc.edu. D-E-N-N-I-S dot K-I-R-K-L-A-N-D. At abc.edu. That's correct. And then you have a Friday night Bible study as well, right? We have a Friday night Bible study in our home that has, over the years, uh, uh, it grows when people come. And then, you know, military community is always transient, so we're... <laughs> We're uh, kind of like a bakery more than a warehouse. People come and grow for a while, and then Uncle Sam ships them to other places, and we encourage them to get right, right involved, immediately involved in a local church wherever they go. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, great. Well, Dennis, thanks for coming by today and giving us your welcome. Friday afternoon. Thank you for the opportunity. I, yeah. I really appreciate Christian Radio, and you guys are doing a great job, and it's been a, a blessing in my life and a blessing to my family and lots of new believers that I'm familiar with here on Guam, and thank you for doing what you do. Hey, praise the Lord, and uh, we'll have you back on as we get a little closer to Ravi Zacharias Day, which is not an officially recognized holiday. However, we're pretty excited about Ravi Zacharias coming to Guam first week of June, and he'll be speaking at Harvest Baptist Church on Sunday evening, June 4th. So stay tuned for more about that, and we'll have Dennis back as we get closer to that time as well. Thanks, Jerry. All right, Dennis, thanks for uh, coming by and have a great weekend. God bless your services this weekend. And uh, listeners, stick around. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, more live till 5. We'll have some news. We're going to talk about our 21st radio anniversary and some Stranger Than Fiction stories, including stories from across the pond. So stick around. A little more live till 5 after this short break. with a little more live till 5 on this Friday, March 24th, 4.25 p.m. here in the studio. Thanks to Pastor Dennis Kirkland again for coming by and playing What's in My Coffee with us, as well as really giving about the single best endorsement you could ever hear from someone as far as the value of Christian radio. And uh, Chris Harper's here. He's the all-around good guy, but he's also the station manager. Full-time good guy, full-time manager. And uh, he's here with the news, and then we're going to talk a little bit about the 21 years that Harvest Family Radio has been on the air. So, Chris, what's happening in the news? Well, I want to mention that um, our news at the top of the hour comes from SRN News, and then usually during this segment I pull uh, news from srnnews.com, and uh, hopefully some of the stories that they haven't covered at the top of the hour, but one that they have been covering a little bit but seems to be an update now is that the attacker who plowed a car through a throng of pedestrians and then stabbed a policeman outside Britain's parliament was named on Thursday as Khalid Massoud, a British-born man who was once investigated by MI5 intelligence officers 
over concerns about violent extremism. The death toll from Wednesday's attack in the heart of Britain's democracy grew to five, as police said one of the injured, a 75-year-old man, has died in hospital after life support was withdrawn. That number included Masood. He was 52. He was shot by police. The attack was the deadliest in Britain since 2005, when 52 people were killed by Islamic suicide bombers in London's public transport system. It followed a series of Islamic militant operations that have killed some 280 people in France, Belgium, and Germany in just over two years and marked the third occasion that a lone attacker has used a vehicle as a weapon. So I was watching a little bit of commentary on this earlier today, and uh, one of the things that the commentator mentioned was that these are becoming so frequent uh, as to uh, they are not elevating people's uh, level of concern anymore. So when they do polls asking people about their level of concern about uh, terrorism, especially in, in Europe and places where these are happening more often— the frequency of them seems to be lowering uh, people's uh, fear level about like getting the, desensitized to it, getting a little desensitized to it, and uh, just reading the, the the stats of what's been happening the last two years in Europe, uh, you do get the sense this has happened a lot now. Um, Utah Governor Gary Herbert said on Thursday that he's going to sign a law setting the blood alcohol limit for drunken driving. the lowest threshold in the United States. And this was over strong objections from restaurant and beverage industry people. Uh, The proposal would lower the predominantly Mormon state's blood alcohol limit from 0.08, currently the standard across most U.S. states, to 0.05 as of December 30th, 2018. This is, of course, an effort to improve road safety in the state of Utah. The National Transportation Safety Board has advocated for a national limit of 0.05, and its representatives testified twice in support of the Utah bill before the legislature. And that's all according to the Salt Lake Tribune. News from actually from Australia, a Sydney teenager has pleaded guilty on Friday to plotting a terrorist attack on an Australian Veterans Day ceremony last year. The then 16-year-old was arrested and charged with one count of planning a terrorist attack on April 24th, one day before hundreds of thousands of Australians gathered at ceremonies across the country to mark Anzac Day the annual holiday ceremonies that commemorate the uh, April 25th, 1915 Gallipoli landings in Turkey, the first major military action fought by the Australian and New Zealand Army Corps during World War I. President Trump's Supreme Court nominee begins confirmation hearings Monday, and apparently conservative Christian leaders say the American people want him On the high court, a recent Marist poll finds 80% of respondents say a Supreme Court justice should interpret the Constitution as it was originally written, and that is something that Judge Gorsuch has vowed to do. 89% of Americans also see religious freedom as a priority. Gorsuch also has a 
uh, been a strong defender of the rights of religious freedom. I did find it interesting that that uh, people believe 80 percent of people believe that uh, uh, justices should interpret the Constitution as it is written. The scary part about that is 20 percent do not believe that. So there are a couple there are several different theories um, that uh, that the the law, uh, the Constitution is a living document. You'll hear people talk about that, that changes over the course of time. So really, the words don't mean what you think they mean. They actually mean whatever the uh, current cultural context says they mean. And then Some they, people think the Bible is like that as well. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So the words have different meanings. So in essence, words don't have meaning at all at that point. And then the other idea is that law from, the, from around the world— and uh, throughout the course of history should influence our thinking about um, the Constitution. So there, there are different views about that, but um, I was glad that at least 80% mm-hmm. were in... in um, and there might be a certain percentage, honestly, I've, I've heard this in other national polls like this, that honestly didn't understand the question. Sure. You know what I mean? There, uh, I, I believe that there's always like this margin of people that... They just don't understand the question. They don't understand what the value of the Constitution is. They don't understand the point of it, and so they just answer. I guess I could go both ways, but there are a number of people that, sure, you know, on the street interviews, they might not even understand what right. how valuable the Constitution is. On the street interviews, that's a scary subject. Yeah. Uh, pretty much any on the street interviews you watch, you you come away afterward. I mean, and it doesn't matter which which right. perspective you're coming from. Right. When you listen to the man on the street interview today, yeah. it's a sad, sad moment if yes. you're thinking about civics and oh, law boy. and oh, history and uh, education. Right, right. <laughs> it's, it's a right. sad moment. So uh, I just thought those were some interesting stories today. Yeah. So. Well, thanks. Well, let's let's yeah. talk briefly about uh, you've been on the, on and off the air for the last forty eight hours yourself talking about our 21st radio station anniversary. Now we can officially say we've been on the air for more than 21 years. So Not that, till the 26th. Till the 26th. Okay, so Sunday, Sunday. is the official, yeah, official day. I had it on my calendar for the 24th because um, it was kind of the last day before the Got actual it. anniversary. Okay. And so I, I, I made sure that was the case, um, looking at all the documentation earlier um, in the week, and and actually, Pam reminded me I was down in the office, and that it is and the twenty sixth. Reminded me that it was the twenty sixth, um, but yeah, so that would be twenty one years, the twenty sixth. So, wow! Yeah, wow. we've been reminding people about that, giving people an opportunity to give as well, kind of in in commemoration of our twenty first anniversary. Um, we I haven't spent lengthy lengthy periods of time on the air, but um, I think the most I've spent ten ten twelve minutes at a time talking about the programs we produce here. I've been focusing a lot on things we're producing here Mm -hmm. because we do carry things like um, uh, shows like A Word With You with Ron Hutchcraft. We're very thankful to have those. But um, the things that we've actually had our hands on, um, those are things that that I think have some added value to them because we live here and we're thinking about the people of Guam and we have – you know, sort of the the needs of the people of Guam on our minds and and things like that. So I've been spending some time kind of concentrating on that. So in less than the last six months, seven months or so, 
you've done a few hundred hours of right. local either uh, taking a, a sermon that had been previously preached, many of them here, and kind of repackaging them and voicing over and, and, and editing them and producing basically a local program, or actually recording them like you do with Take Note every day where you're actually on the air. Uh, what, what are some of the stats on that? Well, um, we put in pretty hard work on it. We come in in the morning, and Sebastian and I both are usually – selecting uh, messages that are in from our archive, either from our archive right here at Harvest or from like Dr. Les Olala's archive. We listen through every word of those messages, edit them down. And so you're talking about preparing them, editing them, voicing them, archiving them, putting them on the website, all that. We have 429 hours of programming that uh, we've prepared and produced here in the studios of KHMG. That doesn't include anything that we've done previously, like Heart of Harvest or Living Redemptively, which are shows that have, you know, a couple hundred, a few hundred episodes that have been recorded and produced. Those were all produced here at KHMG as well, though. So they're part of our 21-year history. But what we do, what we've done with those in the in the past six months, my wife has been working at um, trimming our library down to the best of the best and then uh, getting them in a different rotation to make sure that we, you know, are alternating themes and things like that. So we've been doing actually a lot of work on those too, even though we're not producing them or, or editing them today, but we've been doing a lot of work on that too. So you're looking at what you're looking at is building great leaders. We've done a hundred episodes of that. Um, 100 episodes of Harvest Echoes, Harvest Highlights. We've done 104 episodes. We do that one every day during the school calendar. I've done 130 take note programs this year or this in the past six months. And that's uh, only I've done only about 13 uh, rebroadcasts um, in the last six months, live till five, 26 of those that we've done. Uh, 27 Harvest Time episodes with Pastor Heron and uh, people from the church. So we're producing a lot of radio these days. And, and um, this was kind of a year to focus on that. My The first year that I was here, I was really thinking a lot about equipment and operations. So we spent a ton of time working on you know, the new systems that we have, the new softwares, the new uh, uh, pieces of hardware that we have. And then this year we've been concentrating pretty heavily on programming. And, and it looks like we've done that's a lot. Pretty good amount of work. That's a lot. <laughs> Where do you see it headed in the over the next couple of years? Um, what you know, with the focus having been technology uh, the first year and now yeah. programming the second year, what do you see the the future to be? The third year, the plan for the third year was always to do promotion after that. So the the theory there is to uh, do a couple of things, help get people on board with uh, supporting the ministry. Um, because right as, now it's it's almost in t- except for a few generous gifts occasionally from people. We just received one from a, a local doctor actually, but uh, it's entirely subsidized by Harvest Baptist Church and Harvest Christian Academy right. because of the service it provides to their mission. But really, uh, the typical Christian radio station has sponsors and partners that give. And that sounds like a great way to go next year. Yeah, that that's the that's. I, I think it was important to to get the technology and the programming set up so that when next year we think about 
um, um, increasing the number of people supporting the ministry so that we can uh, have something to represent to say we, we've really uh, stepped up the amount that we're doing and we're kind of, uh, we've got the ability then to say um, we need a few extra things to keep what we're doing going. And we've also expanded to things like uh, broadcasting in Asia on, on uh, trans world radio. And, and so we're not just broadcasting on Guam anymore. We're using the abilities that we have and the things that God's given us here to, to uh, make programming, proclaiming the word of God to Asia. So we've done 50 of those programs. Now we just wrapped up our 50th program of uh, heart of harvest Asia. So, I mean, it's um, next year. I would think about. I'd also like to do a lot more um, um, thinking about doing educational type programs. Things maybe that we can do live, or we get people in the studio. We have a lot of resources right on campus here. People who can talk to us about things like education, or maybe we can just sit down with somebody like Pastor Joe Henson or someone and and talk about a, a doctrinal subject or yeah. something of that nature. But um, I think there's a lot we can do yeah. um, to to just uh, help the radio ministry grow. And I don't even think about it as just a radio ministry. I think about it more of as an as an audio production ministry that that has several different outlets. If you think about podcasts, you think about mm-hmm. downloads and things on khmg.org and khmg.org as a as a standalone unit as well, where people can get content. And then 88.1 FM is, of course, the the flagship of the whole thing. But um, the ministry sort of goes beyond that. It's not it's not necessarily all about venue uh, at this moment or or delivery mechanism uh, at this point. So um, that's kind of the theory, especially for the future, um, because we know radio is still very strong. People still listen to radio. Uh, everything that you read um, kind of predicts gloom and doom and then comes back with, actually, it's not as bad as we thought. People are still listening. <laughs> so so that's usually what the research shows is that, Certainly. is that, oh, no, nobody's going to be listening to this. And then they realize, wait, people are still listening to this. And my theory on that is that it's still very simple. You still just get in your car, turn the radio on, and flip it to whatever station. Right, right. And if whatever you're hearing is good, you keep it there. Yeah. And it's 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 very very simple in a way. It fits very well into modern life still at this moment. Absolutely. So I think that's why it hasn't gone away and hasn't uh, hasn't been uh, consumed totally by other mechanisms of right. communication. Right. It's it's a great opportunity for us. Not every ministry gets to have its own radio station, but I'm very grateful for Pastor John Lewis and John Collier both starting the radio station 21 years ago this weekend. And so, Chris, thanks a lot for the news and for the update on the radio station. Thank you. And uh, happy anniversary. I know you haven't been here 21 years, but you're the figurehead. Sure. You're the face, voice, <laughs> the entire embodiment of KHMG. Wow. It's big. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> heavy burden to bear. Heavy heavy hangs the head that wears the crown of the radio station. So, all right. Well, hey, Chris, have a great weekend. And listeners, uh, stick around. We're going to have a little more live till 5 after this short break.
And we're back with a little more live till 5. It's 4.46 p.m. on Friday, March 24th. If you're listening live, you can catch us on The Rebound. Saturday is noon to 2. Sunday, 7 to 9 p.m. when we rebroadcast all two hours of this show on KHMG 88.1 FM. You can also find us through khmg.org. You can listen live. You can listen to podcasts. You can download the podcast. A lot of great ways to become part of our listening audience. I want to take a few minutes to talk about things that have funny names. You know, you ever wonder where some names come from? There was a car in 1978. 1975 to 1983 was actually the range, but the picture I'm looking at is a 1978 Chrysler Cordoba. Chrysler Cordoba. And instantly when I say that name, some of our listeners already have a thick Spanish-accented male voice talking about what kind of leather. Say it with me. Corinthian leather. The Chrysler Cordoba. It was used um, on a special trim package originally for the Chrysler Newport in 1970. But then it became a limited luxury car designed and introduced by Chrysler. And they had the exclusive Cordoba gold paint with matching wheels, wheel covers, and side molding with vinyl inserts. It described its its model's textured antique gold all-vinyl interior, matching vinyl roof cover and hood ornament, with the Aztec eagle as quiet Spanish motif. And it had uh, basically these uh, fiberglass-belted white wall tires and gold-tone AM radio. V8 engine, automatic transmission, power steering, two-barrel carburetor, and this beautiful Chrysler Cordoba could be purchased at the local Chrysler dealership for only $4,241.65 in 1978. The Chrysler Cordoba. Ricardo Montalban was the uh, spokesperson for the Chrysler Cordoba. And really, it was kind of an economy package. It was vinyl and plastic and things, but because of the color scheme and because of the way they promoted it, made it sound so luxurious. But Cordoba is a city in Argentina. Cordoba is also the very low-valued currency in Nicaragua. It's worth like 3.4 cents in the American. A Cordoba is equivalent to 3.4 cents in uh, U.S. dollars. So, of course, it's not around anymore. So I imagine the success was over a long time. Limited. Here's some other strange names for things. I guess that's kind of our theme for today, strange names. Uncommon names, like an aglet. Do you know what an aglet is? It's the plastic ending of a shoelace. You know what a box tent or a pizza saver is? It's that little plastic object in the middle of your pizza that keeps the box lid from squishing your pizza. Uh, How about a caruncula? Caruncula. It's the pink triangle in the corner of your eye. Uh, let's see here. A desire path. You know what a desire path is? It's when people create a natural path across a park away from the beaten path because it's quicker and easier. It's called the desire path. That's a real thing. Uh, you know what a dew claw is? D-E-W-C-L-A-W. Some of you veterinary specialists might know. It's the fifth claw on a dog's leg, usually positioned above the other toes. 
How about dysania? Dysania. Early morning, and you feel it's impossible to get out of bed? There's a name for that. It's called dysania. A faux hawk, of course, is kind of like that hairstyle where the hair sticks up in the middle. A ferrule, that's the metal part of the pencil between the eraser and the pencil itself. Glassine, glassine or glassine. It's a special type of very thin and smooth paper used for holding chocolates in boxes because it's air and water resistant. Uh, Let's see here. How about the lunula? Your lunula is the ending of a fingernail, usually white. So the part that you clip off. And a Morton's toe. Morton's toe. It's the second toe bigger than your big toe. That is Morton's toe. Which, of course, curiosity killed the cat and stubbed his toe. Uh, A Morton's toe. A lot of people, according to the Morton's toe website, Morton's foot syndrome. Lots of people think they have a weird foot because it looks like a second toe is longer than the big toe. It's actually quite common. So common, in fact, the Statue of Liberty's feet are modeled after a Greek foot, another name for describing Morton's toe. The See, I knew my feet were beautiful. Anyway, the correct term for Morton's toe is Morton's foot syndrome, named after Dr. Dudley Morton, who was a foot doctor of some fame back in the 1930s. He authored several books on the subject, including a book named, Oh, Doctor, My Feet where he talks about some of the problems associated with the foot shape. So, Morton's toes. It's where your second toe is a little bit longer, mine being quite a bit longer than my big toe. Here's some other bizarre names for things. These are, this is what actually got me thinking about this, bizarre names for groups of animal. A group of hippopotamus. A group of hippopotamus is called a crash. A group of zebras is called a zeal. A group of fish, of course, is called a school. What are a group of crows called? This is what got me thinking about this topic. A group of crows. A murder. It's a murder of crows. A group of bears called a sleuth. A group of apes called shrewdness. Bacteria called a colony. Giraffe, a tower. Emus are called a mob. Elephants are called a parade. And I read a little bit about how did all these interesting names become part of uh, vocabulary. Well, it was during the Romantic period, authors started using descriptive words to, to, to explain groups of animals in kind of non-scientific but more personality descriptions. And so a murder of crows, it kind of gives you this ominous feel because if you walk underneath a group of crows in a tree, you know, it gives you this dark feeling, you know, uh, uh, a pride of lions, a, a, a school of fish. It just gives you a little bit of personality, although it's kind of, you know, a personification. We're kind of placing that on the animals themselves, but uh, it's it's a very interesting way of describing things. And so yeah, those are real real terms. So they're always a group, but they can use these other terms. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I mentioned that March is the uh, Crufts 2017, the largest, it is the largest dog show in the world. And I have the results here in front of me. And um, Crufts is uh, bigger than the Westminster. And it's not purely a dog show, but it has everything to do with dogs 
And in 1891, Charles Cruft started it. He was a great showman and would surely have enjoyed the size and scope of the event today, according to this article. On March 9th, they had a winner. The Lakeland Terrier called Allen won the Terrier group, and Frosty, a Grand Bassett Griffin Vendine from the Netherlands, won the Hound group. On the second day, March 10th, Frankie, the miniature poodle, um, uh, and um, he was Minaret's best-kept secret, Blackburn uh, from Blackburn, Lancashire, also a Yorkshire Terrier from Japan named My Precious J.P. Kagiyaka. So kind of a long name there from Japan. And then, of course, they have, they have these other things here, and it goes on and on. So they have cruffs, and then they have scruffs, which are some of these other awards that they give. The best in show winner for the whole show was actually an American Cocker Spaniel from Miami. And then uh, you can look up cruffs. It's pretty interesting. If you're a dog person, you gotta, you got to check it out because some of these dogs are just really amazing. They have agility competitions. They have um, they have a jumping competition and agility round, and then they have kind of overall. They have a police team operational and humanitarian action of the year award, and then they have working group awards. So, a lot of interesting things come out of Cruft's dog competition. Now, I want to take just a very short break. When I come back, we're going to wrap up the show and invite you to church. So, stick around. More live till five after this. And we're back with the last two minutes of Live Till 5. Just one public service announcement. Ballet Magnificat is coming. Ruth and the Arrival. One performance only. April 1st, 6 p.m. at the Mercy Heights Perrysville Tamooning Auditorium. Tickets are on sale at Faith Bookstore and The Hub. And it's a Christian ballet company. And I've seen the video clips. I got to interview some of the performers, including... One of the lead performers is our own Christian Crawford, alumnus of Harvest Christian Academy, son of Benny and Denise Crawford from here in Guam, and uh, glad that they're coming to Guam. So if you want to know more, of course, you can uh, stop by Faith Bookstore or The Hub and check out the poster with all the details on there, but it's April 1st, 6 p.m. at the Mercy Heights Auditorium. We're going to have a couple performances here at Harvest Christian Academy as well. I'd like to also invite you to our church services this Sunday morning. Sunday morning worship service, 10.30 a.m. If you've never been to church or you don't have a church home, we'd love to have you come visit us at Harvest Baptist Church. We're located right here off of Route 8, off, and uh, you turn onto Sergeant Roy T. Damien Jr. Street, right there at the Mobile McDonald's. Come back about one mile. You can't miss us. We're on the left-hand side. You'll see the big sign And we would just love to have you come this Sunday morning if you don't have a church home. If you have a church home, be faithful to it. If it's a church that preaches God's word and uses the Bible for its source of authority, go and support it and listen and learn and grow and obey and serve and be part of what God is doing here on Guam. Guam needs Christians to do what's right. And part of that is being faithful to the body of Christ. Don't forsake it, the Bible says. Now, you've been listening to Live Till 5. I'm Jared Baldwin, your host. Our time's up. Two hours flew by today. Thank you for tuning in to Live Till 5. You're listening to us on 88.1 FM, KHMG, Harvest Family Radio, Barragata, Guam. Have a great weekend. <laughs>